Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome into the Jetro Podcast. Uh, it is November 6th, and I guess this is our first show in November. Kind of a weird morning. Uh, we were running a little bit behind schedule. Uh, Kevin is dying sick again. We're going to start calling Kevin Bubble Boy because this dude is sick literally week in and week out. He's going through a lot. He was going through a lot uh, last night, too. Not physically, but emotionally. It's like, dude, are you okay? He's like, yeah, I, I, I'll be okay tomorrow. And then... Not tomorrow's okay. here Not and okay. yeah kev is kev is throwing up might have to go to the doctors uh brendan's on the phone because he doesn't have a car but he is with us what's up b4 hey, so what's going on? we got a three-man show at least for you uh we'll go through and do our usual stuff and jump in yep welcome to another episode of the jetro podcast presented by yellow jacket media oh yeah shout out to yellow jacket media so if you follow our twitter account you saw some tweets come out last week uh, we are now officially syndicated on Yellow Jacket Media. We're playing on Wednesdays at 7 p.m., I believe is our time slot, right? Mm-hmm. So if you want to listen to us, you can tune in there. You can also still get us on anywhere you listen to your podcasts. That's big news for us, though, because we're in with Yellow Jacket Media, a great company, a great uh, sharing site that's able to get our content out there for more of you to hear. Uh, so we're here to give them the great content that you guys are used to about how tornadoes can't kill us and um uh brennan has throat mosquitoes and so we're gonna talk uh philly sports as usual one thing i'm thinking about doing is creating a a best of jetro so far just creating highlights of some of our best and funniest moments here on the show and there's plenty we can go through we're about 20 episodes in at this point so i think we'll have a pretty good highlight show for you guys sometime in the future maybe around christmas time that'll be your christmas gift uh, from us to you yeah that'd be something but uh how it currently stands apparently we've done enough for yellow jacket media to want to have us on their station so we appreciate that and we'll be coming to you live from there well not live recorded from there at 7 p.m tonight and every wednesday for the foreseeable future but without further ado let's jump into it because we got some big philly sports stuff that's happened over the past week or so we're going to start with the Birds, as we always do. This past week, the Birds played the Chicago Bears at home, coming off that big win up in Buffalo, and, jeez, thank God we're not Chicago Bears fans. Yeah. That team is, they're a dumpster fire. I feel like I'm saying dumpster fire a lot, whether I'm talking about Philly sports or them, because there's a lot of stuff that just falls apart every once in a while with sports, but one of the stranger things that's falling apart is the Chicago Bears team. I mean, they go, I'm pretty sure they trade up to go get Mitch Trubisky. He turns out to just be absolutely god-awful. And, I mean, you could kind of see it last year. I was very on the, early on this train of Mitch Trubisky is a garbage quarterback. I was saying last year when we played him in the NFC wildcard game that we just have to put up probably about, like, two scores and we'll beat the Bears because Trubisky just can't score. Exactly. I think out of 33-ranked quarterbacks, he ranks 28th. Yeah, it's just not going to cut it. It's not going to be a playoff team. And it's a shame because they have a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball there. Some takeaways from the game. The first half defense by the Eagles. Oh, my goodness. What did the Bears have? Like They didn't have negative one yards over the first half. But I know there was a point maybe that was the first quarter that they had negative one total yards. Uh, we'll, we'll have to look that up and see for sure. But basically shut them down entirely. There was a point where... I was listening on the radio to the first quarter because I was on my way back from a uh, beer league softball game. Uh, that's a violation. I should be home for the birds. But I was listening to Merrill and uh, Mike. I heard him say 27 plays run by the Eagles, six by the Bears. It was crazy. 
when you look at a defensive dominance like that, especially from the team that's not expected to be the defensive dominant team in that matchup, that's how you win ball games. Uh, and even though it got close at the end there, really the birds were never in any kind of danger of losing that game. Did you? Were you ever nervous about them at any point? No. Even when they started blowing the lead a little bit, I, I still wasn't too concerned because I, I don't even want to say the talent is there, but they knew what they had to do. And uh, I get why a lot of fans were pissed that they didn't go for the throat and they didn't have that game like sealed away at halftime. But they got the win. They did what they had to do. I mean, how many, how much time did they eat away that final drive? Was it like 8 minutes, 22 seconds, something like that? It's an incredibly well-run drive, especially with that caliber defense on the field. I mean, that's a defense that's built to be very, very strong at the line of scrimmage and in the box. They have a solid secondary as well, but really where their money is made are the pass rushers and the guys that are going to eat up those running lanes. And frankly, the birds kind of had their way on the ground. The offensive line had a great game. Let me ask you something. How often do you remember Khalil Mack's name getting called for big plays? Not a whole lot. Andre Dillard, who is the Eagles' first-round pick from this year, basically neutralized one of, if not the best defensive pass rushers in the NFL. I mean, he's had a great couple games. He's showing a lot of promise to be the left tackle of the future when Jason Peters inevitably hangs it up at the end of this year. Call my shot on that one. JP's done. But, I mean, he had a great game. The rest of the offensive line played very, very well. If you're upset about this Eagles win, think back to how you felt when we lost in Atlanta or lost to Detroit or got smoked in Minnesota, or smoked in Dallas. Wins are important in this league, especially with a team like the Eagles that are still effectively fighting for their playoff lives and will be for the remainder of the season. Wins every week. I don't care if they're pretty or ugly. I don't care if it's one point or 100. It's important to win these ballgames. And Chicago, for what it's worth, their quarterback's garbage. The rest of that roster, especially the defense, largely remains from when they were a playoff team and won 12 games last year. So something that we can hang our hat on for sure. Here's the problem. Now we head into the bye week. We are low on wide receivers because we lost to Sean Jackson to that ab injury for the year. Yeah, how do you tear your abdominal muscle completely off the bone? That just sounds terrifying right there. Yeah, and I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, and you could say, oh, he should have had surgery when he first had the abdominal injury back in week one. <laughs> I mean... I don't know who you put the blame on. It's kind of on both parties here because Deshaun was the one who opted not to have the surgery. But then the Eagles doctors were the ones who decided, yeah, go out there and play a week before the bye week. And we could have sat him and rested him. Obviously, I mean, you could say what you want about the Bears and whether or not they game planned him and how that affected the outcome of the game. But didn't play much, so in my mind, well, we could have won like, the game without him. He only played one drive, right? Yeah, so... At like one catch for like five yards? Yeah, so you put him out there in a spot where you, you don't really need him and you end up costing him the rest of his season. It's a tough situation. I don't really want to place blame on anybody because, frankly, there's a couple parties at fault here. The whole situation was just terribly mismanaged, but the fact of the matter is the Eagles need wide receivers. We're heading into a bye week. So that's the primary storyline of this bye week is who are the birds going to bring in to be able to help them. I've heard Jordan Matthews, who's a familiar face around here, familiar with Carson, was one of his favorite targets when he first came into the league back in 16. I'm all for Jordan Matthews here. He at least knows the system. He's actually here in Philly right now. Yes, he, he'll be an eagle either by the end of the day or tomorrow. Like it, Again. Yeah, again, for the third tenure here in Philadelphia. But the other one is... A man, you're, you're a, gonna man, say a man that we spoke about at length. You're going to say it. Oh, my God. 
What do you think? I'll let you go. I first. know, I know, I know who you're thinking. Well, I, I know. know you know. What do you think? Do we bring him in? <sighs> on paper, on paper, sounds like a great idea. But we know he's crazy. We know we can't. It's too much of a media circus. Here's the thing. What's the downside of that crazy? What's the he broke Belichick? He didn't break Belichick. <laughs> the Patriots are eight and one. They're not broken. He didn't break him. He was there for a week. They cut him. He's gone. Did not affect the Patriots in the least. He helped them win a football game. So what's the downside? The downside is he comes in here, but the locker room, have we had a good locker room this year? We got, no. We got but... people going all over the place, talking behind people's backs and throwing teammates under the bus and things like that. Do you what's expect it to get any better if you bring him in? No, but how's it going to get better without him? I can see it getting worse if you bring him in. Yeah, but how's it going to get better without him? Where do we go without wide receiver talent on this team? You saw what we looked like without Deshaun on the field for the past couple weeks. I mean, now Alshon's a little bit banged up, and we do have the bye week for him to get better. But, I mean, we need talent. And Jordan Matthews isn't the entire answer. He might help. But Matt Collins is unplayable. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside's unplayable. Nelson Aguilar will play, but he's essentially unplayable. Alshon Jeffrey's hands have disappeared. Zach Hurts is okay, but he's going to get doubled. Dallas Goddard, same thing. You got to bring in talent. The worst case scenario is he comes in for one week on a non-guaranteed contract if he takes it, which is all you should really offer him. You can't guarantee him any money because of his history. He fucks up. He Everyone is like, this dude's nuts. We can't play with this guy. And he's gone the next week. And we're in the same spot that we would have been anyway. But I don't know how you don't try it at this point. Like he is, I mean, you have the most talented receiver probably on the planet out there available for you right now. The only downside is he might be a little crazy and you can get rid of him the week after this. I mean, at this point, it's worth the risk. And hell, maybe it works out. Maybe Philly's his spot. Think about it. Like he spent how many years in Pittsburgh with the Steelers? It was nine years, right? I don't think it, I don't know there was that many, but. When was he drafted? 2010? I'll have to look that up. Either way, he spent all those years there without uh, coming out and having big problems or at least having enough restraint and enough of a structure around him in that locker room that it didn't completely devolve. Like, they were a good playoff football team with him on the roster. It's, now, what he's become now, he may never go back to that, but it's worth a shot for the Birds because that talent, frankly, isn't there. So I'm in the camp that we should bring Antonio Brown in. Give him a shot because, I mean, really – what do we have to lose at this point? You get where I'm coming from? I do, yeah. And like I said, I love the idea on paper. I'm a little worried he's too crazy for the Eagles on good, but who knows? Maybe the Eagles need a little bit of crazy in that locker room. They have plenty of crazy. What they need is a little bit of they need wide some- receiver talent. They need speed. They need someone who can catch the goddamn football. <laughs> no, he yeah, was really. drafted in 2010, so he would have spent eight years with the, the Steelers. Yep, six-round pick as well, so... Eh. He was one of those guys who was just freaky talented. And Where did it all go wrong? Uh, we're not going to get into that. We could go all day on Antonio Brown, but it's undeniable that his talent is better than anything that the Eagles have in this locker room and have had since probably Terrell Owens. So might be worth a look. We'll keep an eye on that situation as the bye week goes on, how he has two weeks to decide if he wants to bring him in. The other thing, We'll just bring up, and we're not going to have our Eagles predictions this week because they don't play. They're on a bye week. But the Patriots go into Baltimore at M&T Bank, and they get waxed by the Ravens. Now, some people might look at that and say, oh, Patriots clearly, they're showing signs of weakness. There's a chink in the armor. Like, these guys may not be the team that we thought they were. Their defense got absolutely demolished. 
37 points is a lot of points to give up for a Belichick-led defense unless you're playing Nick Foles in the Super Bowl. Lamar Jackson looked unstoppable. I mean, Mark Ingram still, like their run game in general, was just really, really good. Uh, their defense played pretty well against the Patriots, the Ravens defense, that is. Some people are looking at that thinking, yeah, we can hang with this team. I'm looking at it, and I'm virtually shitting myself because I'm seeing Brady and Belichick pissed off with an extra week to game plan for the Eagles. I, I mean, they're on a bye as well. <laughs> it's essentially the Super Bowl matchup again as far as timing is concerned. Both a week off to game plan, which... I guess history would point to Doug Peterson. I mean, this is not the 2017 Eagles. I guess our biggest hope is that that's not the 2017 Patriots and that they're not that good of a football team. But I'm worried about that game on the backside of the bye. A pissed-off Patriots team with extra time to plan is a recipe for us to get our shit kicked in. It is, but at least on the flip side of that coin, when was the last time the, the Eagles played the Patriots? Was that the 2016 regular season and they won that game, right? Uh, 2017 Super Bowl. But in the regular season? Uh, yeah, it was 16 in New England. Uh, when we were having that god-awful season, we ended up beating them. And they still ended up beating the Patriots. Yeah, when yeah. they were on their way to the Super Bowl. Yeah, we did, we did beat them in New England. You know, we played the guys pretty well. They got to come to the link. They're obviously much better in Foxborough than they are on the road. But that's most good teams are significantly better at home. I think the Eagles can pull this off, but I'm, I would have much rather had them come in here undefeated riding on a high horse than give Brady and Belichick motivation. I'm with you on that, but the Eagles kind of have rent space inside of Brady and Belichick's head. That could work to their advantage. Sometimes it's great to have that emotion in you when playing games like this, and sometimes it can work to your disadvantage. So I think with the mental game, this could hinder the Patriots a bit. Yeah, I mean, that's the tough thing. I don't think you're ever really going to beat the Patriots mentally, though. That's that's the thing. They're so mentally tough. They don't make mistakes at all. Last week, they had a couple against, or this past week against the Ravens. But it, they're a tough team to beat, as you can tell by their 8-1 and record. I just don't think they're as dominant as people think they are. We'll get a little bit more into it as we do our podcast for the coming week after the while we're on the bye week. Well, I guess I'm more hopeful in this because like, I've seen the Eagles do this multiple times against this team, against this coach, against this quarterback. So right. I think they can do it again. Uh, we'll see with this team because this is a certainly a struggling Eagles team compared to uh, years past. But yeah, absolutely. even when they've struggled, they've succeeded yeah. against this team. Well, we'll see. I mean, nothing's out of the question. I don't think the Patriots are unbeatable by any stretch of the imagination. So we'll have to wait and see. We'll get a little bit more in-depth because we won't have to recap an Eagles game next week. We'll be able to just jump into some planning for the Patriots when we do our podcast for next week. We don't have our score prediction, obviously, because the Birds don't play. Our lock of the week last week was the Houston Astros to win game seven. And if you're under a rock, the Washington Nationals beat them in Houston, becoming the first ever team in any major sport to win all four games in a championship series on the road. I don't know how the hell that happens. Literally seven games, all of them are road wins. That's crazy. That is the first and only time that's ever happened in baseball, hockey, or basketball. Yeah, it'll never, we won't see it again in our lifetime either. That's it's absolutely unheard of. Nationals just a team of destiny. Uh, but let's pick a lock of the week for this week that we can get into. Uh, while we're looking at lines, so I was talking to a buddy who had a, a bit of an idea for like a gambling season. Gambling season, okay. Yeah, so gambling season starting in October. 
with playoff baseball and then moving. So obviously playoff baseball, you could do college football, you could do NFL. It gives you time to watch the teams a little bit before you actually get into it. It runs October to March, ending up with the finals basically being the March Madness tournament. Covers pretty much anything. That way, over the course of the summer, when you're going out and going on vacation, going to the beach and shit like that, you've got money. You're not spending it all on gambling. Gives you something to do over the winter. I kind of like the idea, October to March, of just setting up a gambling season, running it through that. And then over the course of the summer where there's just like bullshit baseball and things like that, you leave it alone. NBA playoffs, you can leave it alone. Uh, everything like that. But lead it up to March and, and play through that. And then watch the playoffs without betting on it. But... That's uh, that's something that I think I might get into. I might throw some money on uh, FanDuel and get back into the game, ready to get hurt again. I like uh, the idea of that, too. Yeah. So if you want to play along with that, that's a good way to not lose all your money like I used to when I uh, bet sports year-round. Uh, so let's look at some NFL lines and see where we want to go with lock of the week. Did you have anything in mind, Natty, that you wanted to go after? So I've been pretty good with hockey lately. I've won my past uh, two out of three. The only game tonight is Red Wings and Rangers. Uh, the Wings are coming off a three-game losing streak, and the Rangers are coming up from a loss to the Ottawa Senators. I kind of like the Red Wings in this because they are going to come in uh, wanting to break this streak. So tonight's game, 8.05 on national television for Wednesday Night Hockey. Red Wings are plus 130 against the Rangers, who are going to play at MSG. Rangers are minus 155. So what are do you want to are you 100% confident in one of those? See, hockey is always such a toss up, but because the reward is going to be greater with the Wings, I would bet the Wings in this situation. I got you. Especially cuz I do think they're going to have a little bit more of that fight in them. Okay. Uh, what's give me the line on that one more time. Are the Wings are you betting money line or against Uh this is money line. Wings of a money line is plus 130. I don't see them uh covering the spread at all, but the Rangers Minus one and a half spread, but it's plus 155. So the reward will be greater for you in the spread if you bet the Rangers, but money line, I would bet the Wings. Gotcha. Okay, so we could do that. Um, I also have a little bit of a, a parlay I was looking at for NFL games coming up this Sunday. One o'clock game, the Baltimore Ravens, who just beat the New England Patriots on Monday night, are going to Cincinnati play the 0-8 Bengals. They're minus 10. Over under 46. I'm parlaying the Ravens to cover. They're going to demolish A minus the 10, yeah. Yes. They're going to demolish the Bengals. backup quarterback. They've got him starting for the first time uh, over Andy Dalton. I don't even know the goddamn guy's name. Uh, I mean, they're just going to stack the box on him, make him beat him. I don't know if A.J. Green's going to play or not. Joe Mixon's just going to be stacked up because they're going to stack the box. And Cincinnati has no business being in this game to begin with. Also, the Ravens' offense is ridiculously explosive. I like the Ravens and the over in that game. I think that's about as close to a lock as you're going to get this week, especially considering the Ravens just beat the Patriots in primetime by 17. What do you want to do? Do you want to do two separate locks of the week, or how, how do you want to handle this? I can go for two separate locks of the week Okay. because we got the one for tonight, and then there's the one you'll have to wait for. What's that, Thursday night football or Sunday? That's Sunday, Sunday at 1. All right, so we'll, go, we'll have the one tonight that you can look at right after. Uh, so that's what we'll do. We'll do competing picks from here on out. So now that we're actually getting into it, now that uh, we've educated each other on the uh, gambling aspect of sports, 
Um, you feel pretty confident as a sports gambler now? I, a little bit more, yeah, especially on the hockey side of things. In terms of gambling on football, it's like I don't have the best record by any means. I've been mediocre on that, but hockey, like that's that's my sport. I've only like lost three games so far when I bet hockey. Okay, so w- remind me again what you have tonight. So Nats tonight, I have money line plus one thirty Detroit Red Wings. Red Wings money line, and they're at they're at the New York Rangers. And I'm going to have a parlay. It's going to be uh, the Ravens minus 10 at Cincinnati and the over on 46 there. Uh, So you can play whichever one that you want there. Make a little friendly competition between Natty and I from the rest of uh, gambling season until we get into March. So we can go ahead and get in. Brennan, you want in on this? Brennan? B. Ford? Hi. Sorry, I'm here. Do you want in on the uh, gambling picks? Um, Are we betting real money here? No, we're not betting real money, but we're uh, telling the people where they should bet their real money. Oh, well, I have no idea. Okay, fair enough. I think he's been tuning out the whole time. Like, are you playing Modern Warfare right now? Is that what's going on? No, no. Are you I'm sure? Not. I'm positive. <laughs> well, that's all right. We'll run real quick through basketball talk um, and then a little bit of uh, hockey. Uh, and then we'll get into some talk about Modern Warfare and other things. Sixers. Should I play the song? Yeah, play the song for me. So the Sixers go on a road trip. We could keep this song running all the way through because, I mean, it's a great time to be a Sixers fan. You go on a road trip, first game, you play the Portland Trailblazers. It's a playoff team from last year. I mean, they were close to making a run to the Western Conference Finals. You got Dame, McCollum. That's a good team. That's a team that's going to compete over there and be a top half of that uh, conference. We come out. They lead us by 20-some? Slowly claw our way back, and then the shot heard around the world. Berkman Korkmaz. Furkan Korkmaz. Furkan Korkmaz. Yeah, Furkan Korkmaz with his mustard yellow shoes that I hate so much. I just wish he would wear different shoes, but he knocks down Didn't he a change buzzer shoes one game? Um, I don't know. I've only seen him wear the yellow, which is disgusting. But that aside, I mean, Furkan knocks down the walk-off three. Which is incredible, being that people thought he should be sent down to the G League or cut a couple days before. Little bit of a miss, can't talk, we gotta get this going. A little bit of a missed part from that game is Ben Simmons, two free throws in a row in clutch time to go ahead and tie up the game. I mean, that's incredible. That puts Furkan in the spot to hit that shot. He gave the Sixers the first lead at that point, Simmons with those free throws. Took the lead by one, you're right. I, I mean, Ben's making clutch free throws. We're coming back from 21 with lockdown defense. Furkan Korkmaz is hitting walk-off threes. That's incredible. We l- we're the last undefeated team in the NBA. We go to Phoenix. We lose that game. It was a tight game. Devin Booker, when he puts up 40, you're going to lose. And we didn't have Joe. They didn't have a big man. And Ben's got to play better. But 5-1 and one right now. With this Sixers team, I'm happy with 5-1. and one. Yeah, I mean, I'll take that. I, I still think they should have been 6-0. and oh. I think they should have beat the Suns. But you can't be mad at them for starting 5-1. and one. We get Joel Embiid back tonight. Uh, we got the Utah Jazz. Get to see our old friend Donovan Mitchell, who says Ben Simmons should not have been Rookie of the Year. So always a proven game for Ben. He needs a little bit of a bounce back after his low performance against Phoenix. But the Sixers, I mean, they're looking great. I can't belabor this point uh, because I'm sure you guys understand it and see it yourself if you're watching this team. This team is special. Uh, we're going to say it time and time again. This is a championship-constructed roster, and night in and night out, they're going to prove it. Now, they're getting to the back end of a West Coast road trip. It's not going to be an easy game, but Joe's rested. Utah doesn't have a big man that can compete with him. I I don't care about Gobert. 
I mean, yeah, he, he's good defensively, but he can't score. He's not going to be able to put up enough offense to hang with the Sixers. And Donovan Mitchell, uh, he's a good scorer. He's a good player, but they need more. They don't have more. Sixers should win this one pretty easily worked up after that loss to the Suns. Get a little bounce back game, finish off against Denver, then come back home with what I'd predict to be a 7-1 record, putting them at best in the NBA. They're tops in the power rankings this week. I mean, I don't know what more to laud this team with. Everyone's been great. There's been a lot of great surprises, and we're in for a hell of a basketball season to continue. Uh, what more can be said on the Sixers? Exactly. Like, how entertaining have they been? At some points, as we saw, uh, what game was it, Wednesday night? We saw some, uh, what looks like a hockey team on the court at some times. Oh, my goodness. Did, did we, we not got, talk about that? We, have, we haven't talked about oh that. Oh, my. We got, it. we got to at this point. Yeah, we do. Um, it's, There's no way we cycle's can already it. passed. Ben's, or Ben. Joe's already back from the suspension, but <laughs> Carl Anthony Towns, not a friend of the podcast. <laughs> He's a Birds fan, which is a shame because... I normally like all Eagles fans, but he's on the shit list now. He goes after Joe. They go after each other, whatever the case may be. And Ben Simmons with the choke out gets him on the ground, little WWE wrestling style. He's got him choked out while Carl Anthony Towns' feet. I tweeted out the video from that from behind. His feet are kicking like a little kid when you're like holding him down trying to change him. It's ridiculous. This is a big man in the NBA and our point guard is on top of this guy got him in a headlock just holding him down as Joe like pumps up the crowd and everything they both get ejected they both get suspended two games I mean that's the kind of stuff that in other cities is an incident and here endears you to the city of Philadelphia that's fight that's something you didn't see from I mean, Ben Simmons was afraid to take a three last year, and now he's backing up his guys by choking out the biggest man on the other team. This is a different gusto, a different fire that this team has. You could see it when they come after Joel Embiid and the whole team's there to back him up. Mike Scott's amping him up from the bench. I personally love Embiid's post-game comments on Instagram and Twitter. I, I understand why people think that's going too far and everything, and there's no place for that. That's what you say when you're a 40, 50-year-old person with kids who wants the athletes to be a role model. I love that shit. Talk all that shit, Joe. Piss everybody off. It's us against the world. If any, this, didn't the NBA say they suspended Towns and Embiid for what for the post-fight on Twitter? They Isn't suspended they for the fight what? and the continuing the after as well. So it was all considered. And I think that's just something they threw in there to be like, yo, don't do this shit anymore. I think they were both getting two games anyway. I think two games is kind of lenient, and I think Ben should have gotten something too. I'm surprised he didn't. I I don't think he should have, rather. I thought he was going to. But, uh, yeah, I think they just threw that in. I love that. I want Joe to continue on social media. And I love his whole, oh, I'm not going to talk trash no more. And then he just can't <laughs> stop him, man. Can't stop him on the court. Can't stop him off it. This Sixers team's special. And that fight was kind of the first spark because they hadn't really played anybody. That was the first glimpse that we got where this team, the identity of this team, they don't want to be liked. They want to win basketball games. They want to have each other's back. And if anyone's got a problem with that, they'll literally put you in a chokehold. It's Philly versus everybody. It is. And this team was really, really embodying that. And that's what you need to see from a championship roster. These guys have 
the it factor. They just there's an eye test and then there's just a feel thing. The eye test, they're a good basketball team, but the feel even more so. You could just feel something special about this group of guys. There's something about this team that's just so enjoyable from the first whistle to the last social media posts and I'm totally here for it for the entirety of the season. They just put a big old smile on my face. I was in the I was in the studio. I was uh, training to produce the highlights for the game. And there's not really a whole lot going on in the third quarter. The Sixers are just destroying the Timberwolves at this point. And Josh is naming one of the highlights. I'll just call this third quarter chaos. I'm like, even though virtually nothing's been happening. And then the fight happens. You hear yeah. Tom McGinnis go, oh, we got a fight. Yep. And then Josh just looks up and he goes, well, I guess we got a third quarter chaos now. Yep. That's a hell of a highlight. Oh, man. That's really going to be the embodiment of the Sixers this year. And like you said, just puts a smile on my face. We'll talk about them because we'll have three more games to recap for next week's uh, podcast as well. But that pretty much catches it up. No qualms with how the Sixers have played or anything going on there. Plenty of storylines that we hit on a couple of them. But really, everything's remarkably positive for this team. They're playing up to their potential. Let's hope it stays that way. Um, nothing really new with the Phillies. They're in the middle of their offseason. Uh, they had a couple of decisions as far as who to bring back and who not to bring back. Not really any surprises there. Jake Arrieta is going to use his player option because he's making a billion more dollars here than he would anywhere else. But they did free up some space in the rotation with Jared Eikhoff, uh leaving for a big-name free agent arm. We'll see. We'll keep an eye on what goes on with the free agency period in baseball as that develops. But we do have some hockey news. A couple games for the Flyers. We do, man. A huge win last night against the Carolina Hurricanes. Let me get, get the horn for that. Yep. It was the horn. 4-1. to one. Carter comes back. Looks good. Oh, man. He needed that game, man. He needed that. 33 big saves against a very strong Carolina Hurricanes team. I'm hoping he's back and he can maintain that consistent great goaltending that we expect out of Carter Hart the kid's unbelievable Farabee's an absolute stud good call bringing him up he should have like five goals at this point like but three were taken away in one game which is absolutely nuts but who cares he's putting up goals now and they count uh he came in clutch for them last night I love Matt Niskanen huge goal from him Travis Konechny oh my god this kid's a stud yeah I mean what more can I say from this team all all they need to do is just keep putting points on the board and keep getting wins in that column. That's all they got to do, just play with a little bit more consistency. I love the aggression, and I love AV. I love this team. They need more consistency. They need more games like that. I'm not saying they need a big 10-game or 12-game win streak. I think that that's a little bit of a mirage a lot of hockey fans like paint themselves into a corner with, but if they can establish small win streaks, three wins here, four wins there, a big road trip like that, this team can be set up for success, but they need that consistency. 100%. But the one thing I really love about this brand of Flyers hockey and how uh, Vigneault's brought, like what he's brought to this team, they're just so aggressive. They're, they know that they're going to go after the puck for the full three periods, and it does the problem it, it can hang Carter and Moose out to dry at blitz with breakaways going the other way, but this team's gonna score. They've already proven that they could put the puck in the net 
much better than last year's team or any team I can remember for the past couple years. Just everything they do, they do a lot better than last year's team. Power plays better. Power, uh, penalty kills better. Like I mean, this is a more motivated, a hungrier team, a better coach team, and a more talented team. Some of these new guys they brought in, Kevin Hayes, Niskanen, the guys they're calling up. You mentioned Farabee. Yeah, Carson Twarinski, like he's also yeah. been playing really well. I mean, this is a playoff team, dude. This is a playoff team. I don't know. Do you think they're a playoff team? The Metro is so tough. Yeah. That's that's the problem. If they here's the thing. If they were in either the Pacific or in the Central Division, I would say playoff team for sure. But the Metropolitan's so tough. I mean, Washington has been unbelievable. The Islanders went on a ten game winning streak. And they they've been playing real consistent lately. The Hurricanes, they're a tough team, but the Flyers can prove that uh they can take on any team in the league. The problem is, you know, other teams in the league have to do their job against the Metro Division as well and not just the Flyers. So, yeah. I mean, we'll we'll see. I haven't been totally totally keeping up with the Flyers all the way through, but from what I see and what I remember from playoff teams of the past, I mean, I'm not saying they're hoisting the Stanley Cup at the end of the year, but they have the talent and they have the coaching to make it. Whether the Metro allows them to is another story, but We've got interesting hockey again in Philadelphia, and it's a young core that's going to be here for a little bit and is going to have a chance to grow. And we're already seeing some of those guys start to develop. Uh, I mean, exciting stuff from the Flyers. Who do they have coming up? Let me pull up the app yeah. here. But their biggest competition in order to get a, uh, a playoff spot, they got to focus on Pittsburgh and Carolina. That's going to be their tightest competition with there and who they can compete with to either earn a solidified playoff spot or mm. a wild card spot. Right. Games coming up, they have Montreal at home this Thursday. Okay. Toronto again on the road, which they lost to a shootout on last Saturday. Mm. Uh, then back-to-back, Boston at TD Garden, back home next Wednesday against the Washington Capitals, currently the best team in the Metro. Couple, couple tough games coming up. So this will be a stretch that will show us whether the Flyers are a little bit more legitimate or if they're going to run into a tough stretch. If they go 500 through this, I'm happy with that. I don't know about you. Well, fortunately, Montreal, Toronto, and Boston, they've all been struggling lately. I mean, Montreal, like, people are big on this Montreal team, but they're not that great. Toronto has really kind of fallen off the map. Uh, like, yeah, like, uh, it's ever since that Tavares injury, I forget what, what injury he's sustained, but he's been out for a while that it really hindered their lineup. It's really been hindering, uh, how they've been doing and Boston, they've had their problems too. I mean, they were up three, nothing against the pens and they let the penguins score four unanswered goals. Boston still won that game. They fought back, but still all of these teams have considerable weaknesses that the flyers can take advantage of. Gotcha. Well, hopefully they do. Hopefully we get it uh, cooking with the fly guys so that we have. I mean, could you imagine Eagles pull it together, make the playoffs, win the division somehow? They can do it. The Sixers, obviously, are going to be a playoff team. Oh, yeah. Flyers find a way to sneak in in the Metro. Flyers can do that. we got three playoff teams in the city of Philadelphia with the Phillies pretty much uh, in my book. We'll see what they well, turn with, into. The Phillies potentially being one next year. I mean... It's a good time to be a Philadelphia sports fan. A lot of stuff right in front of us. Especially if you're planning on seeing a lot of Sixers and Flyers games inside the Wells Fargo Center. There's something about that building that's just generating like 
this team's aggressiveness. It's a great place to play if you're a home team, and it's a scary place to come if you're on the road. I mean, it's a great time of the year for Philadelphia sports. Absolutely love that getting on. Uh, but being that we've spent all this time, Brendan, you still awake? Still with us? Yes, I am. All right, cool. We're going to get into the fun stuff for you, buddy. Uh, that's enough sports talk. We're going to get into a little bit of video <clears> game <throat> talk. Um uh, so Modern Warfare, new Call of Duty just came out. I've been trying to decide if I want to get it. Uh, I mean, you guys know how Call of Duty is with the franchise. Like, when Call of Duty drops, everyone knows about it. Whether everyone plays it is a different story, but... And this is one of the most hyped-up Call of Duties in a long time. Yeah. Like, what would you say? Is this the most hyped-up Call of Duty since, what, Black Ops 2, maybe? Yeah, maybe. But, I mean, I'm trying to make the decision whether or not to get it, because I've heard conflicting reviews. So what do you think about it, Brian? I, I do not. I am not a fan. I, I just, I love the game so much, Call of Duty, that I just, I feel almost like obligated to play. But it, this game, it just, it almost feels like a chore to get on whenever my friends want to play. A chore? What do you it, mean? Like it's just not enjoyable. It's not fun to me. It's very slow paced, very campy. It's, it hurts. So you like the speed aspect of other uh, Call of Duty multiplayers, and this one doesn't yeah. have the speed for you. No, this one is sit in a corner and wait. I can't believe it. Never have I seen so many games finish with the time limit running out. Are there Usually, maps that you know, big? It's um, They all vary, but a lot of them are pretty big. But it's not even like that the maps are big. It's that people want to hide and like camp, and they don't care whether people push them or not. They're not going out. They're not going anywhere. Well, there's one map in there. It's pretty much if you take the bridge, you win, right? Because that's the prime spot to camp. Yeah, it's such a bad map. Oh, All these maps are terrible in my opinion. See, here's my thing. I love camping. I lo- I'm sure you do. Whoa, easy. <laughs> well, shots fired there. I, mean, I, I do. Oh, I just told you I God. do. I love camping. I'm very much an average Call of Duty player. And I would love to just be able to sit in a corner and pull the right trigger all day. Like, uh, But see, like, that's the thing, too. When you're camping, everybody else is camping, so nobody's getting any kills. Yeah, I got nobody's you. moving around the map. My problem is I'm, like, I'm impatient. Like, I'll camp for, like, a minute or so, maybe not even that long. And then I'll just go, like, run and gun for a minute until someone smokes me. And then I'll go back to, like, camping. So I'll probably just... I'd probably get smoked in this game. I'm the most impatient Call of Duty player ever. I need to just run around and try and find somebody. Exactly. If I haven't seen somebody in like three seconds when I'm actually moving, I'm like trying to figure out what's going on. So maybe, I don't know. Is it worth buying? I hear the campaign's really good though. Well, we went over this before, but I am not a campaign player. I am a multiplayer pub player. You you just don't even, you're, you're not any, you don't have any interest at all in the campaign? I've never played a campaign. You've never played a campaign. He's never played no. a Call of Duty campaign. Not a single one. Not a single one. Me? He's missed every single one. Every single one. Dude, there's some great campaigns out there. You didn't play. Wow. Nope. You're missing out I, I on like half of the Call of Duty universe. It's, it's so boring to me. I can't play boring. computers. You boring, never played dude. like Soap on a Rope, bro? Come on. That's like one of the most iconic Call of Duty moments of all time. I can't play single-player games. Dude, it's all, like, all right. Well, get another controller, have a friend, and play split-screen campaign. I, 
Can, wait, can you do that in this one? I think you can. Yeah, I think. That'd be dope. Off, I'm pretty down. sure my brother said you could do that. Still. I, I... All right, I will give you... Here's the thing, Before I will give you a pass for the other ones, but the one you absolutely must have to fucking play is the Call of Duty Black Ops 1 campaign. I cannot give you a pass for that one. I gotta go all the way to Black Ops 1? You gotta go all the way to Black Ops 1. In terms of the story, I would argue that has the best story. There's there's know. a couple campaigns out there though that are so good that you have to, you have to go back and check. Out. Yeah, the first That's two crazy. Modern Warfare the only, games. The That's, only reason I'm considering playing this campaign is to like there's some challenges that unlock stuff for multiplayer. Yeah, uh, there's some challenges you have to do for multiplayer that are in the campaign. No, there's well actually yeah I guess so. Hmm. There's challenges that you have to complete in the campaign and it gives you stuff for multiplayer. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, and then definitely play the campaign. Come on. You don't want other people. That's why you're getting smoked. That's why you don't like the game, because everyone else is playing the campaign, getting all the uh, unlockables, and you're just, uh, just nah, playing it's multiplayer. Just, it's, just cosmetic. it's just cosmetics. The reason I'm getting smoked is because there's only two guns in the game, nobody moves, and your health is just so low. See, maybe you should just adapt to Kevin's style of play. Have you checked out his YouTube channel at all? He's been playing really good. He used to hate multiplayer. I got his review of it last night. He was like, yeah, my KD ratio just went up like crazy. I'm just getting all these kills now, so I love it again. He, Oh, he, he did make that one video. Yeah, I wish yeah. he was here to tell us his strategy. Unfortunately, he is, uh, he is uh, sick. But uh, I, I'm pretty gotcha. sure I know his strategy. He told me he's using one of the only guns in the game, and I'm pretty sure he's camping too. That's classic. All right, well, Modern Warfare, if you like camping like me and you're not actually a good player, this may be the game for you. Campaign, I've heard, is pretty good, but I guess Brennan wouldn't be a good uh, authority on that because he's refusing I to play. Not. But, uh, yeah, that's a review on uh, on the new Modern Warfare Call of Duty gameplay at your own risk. Uh, I've heard it's, like, really, really loud and everything, and you walk out in the open, it's you're going to get smoked loud. by camper. Yeah, which I don't get just, like, turn the volume down, right? Well, yeah, I mean, that's what I did. My... What is it? I turned all my effects down to like two percent of, and then the master volume is down to like twenty percent. I got that's you. how low I had to yeah. turn it down. Yeah, it could also be with the way it's mixed. Like that's probably why it's so loud. Like I think Red Dead Redemption Two that came out, the mix on that is so low with everything. I had to turn everything up. Gotcha. Yeah, maybe it is it. Yo. Okay, we're going to have to cut this. Can we pause for two seconds? I'm literally about to shit myself. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go ahead, <laughs> dude. Right All right, we'll take, a, we'll take a little bit of a break. In the meantime, while Connor is indisposed, I'll play some, uh, some music for you. Go birds. Okay. I've said a lot of things on this podcast that should not be said over the airwaves. <laughs> well, fortunately if, we're on a we're on a podcast, so right. not over FM airwaves, so we're good. That being said, the FCC if, if, won't come if, out if I was to describe what I just did to that bathroom, <laughs> this podcast would be shut down immediately. You were only gone five minutes. I, I'm impressive. Uh, yeah, well I was hustling, but um that was that was rough. 
<laughs> you got to make the janitor reconsider uh, their career. Uh, they're going to very much reconsider their career. That thing's, that's, I destroyed that. Uh, oof. Okay. That's enough of that. All right. Did you guys cover anything I, while I was going? I mean, we were just playing some music. I just play music. All right. Well, Took a little bit of a break. You know what? I like breaks. Maybe we should do that. Like, do a mid-show break every show from here yeah. on out. Like, we, what would you guys think of that? Like, I mean, we could. I think an hour, like, would be fine uh, to go ahead and do that. Maybe we could throw in just like a little segue in between uh, sports and whatever dicking around we're doing later. A couple other things I want to talk about. So there's, we're in November. Starting November. November is a big month. For a couple of reasons. You got Thanksgiving and everything. You got to start to really turn to winter. We'll talk daylight saving real quick. Okay. Mm. Daylight okay. saving is the dumbest, worst thing in the world. This is literally like if I could get rid of anything, it would probably be daylight saving. World hunger? No. Like solving like the fires in California? No. I'm getting rid of daylight saving time. Do you know well, why day, do you know why it exists? Either. Do you know why it exists? I'm looking it up right now. Do you know, Brennan? Um, I know no, why. I think I've heard it before. I'll tell you guys why it goddamn exists. Ben Franklin came up with it so that people had more time to harvest their freaking crops. Why do we yeah. still have that? It's 2019. <laughs> harvest your crops. Are you kidding me? The last I time like I harvested crops was on Farmville on Facebook, and that was like 10 years ago. Dude, you know what? It's not even for us. It, you know who it's for? It's for the German Empire, which technically doesn't exist anymore, and Austria-Hungary. That was who it was for. I thought Ben Franklin did it here, though, for like people to be able to, to have time to farm the land. It says some uh, British or New Zealand dude named George Hudson first proposed it in 1895. Fuck George Hudson. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. It's so the dumbest thing ever. Why would we be like, like, just decide, oh, it's getting darker now. I don't really like it to be dark. I like it to be light because I'm a normal human being. Let's now move time so that it's darker more of the day. Who does that? That's the stupidest thing ever. I Like, I work, I bartend. I've told you guys I bartend. I go to bartend yesterday. I show up before happy hour starts. It's already dark out. What the hell is that? Let's go to happy hour in the pitch black. It's ridiculous. It's really only for, like, according to this, it's really supposed to only be meant for agrarian societies. That's what I'm saying. Like, why don't it's we only for the do crop that? People, why the don't farmers. We, why don't we only do that in, like, Lancaster County or places like that? You know what I mean? I mean, we shouldn't do it. We shouldn't do it anywhere. Not in 2019, yeah. now. It's ridiculous. Harvesting our crops. There are more people playing that virtual reality harvester video game than there are actually harvesting crops. It's ridiculous. If people out in goddamn Iowa or Idaho or wherever they farm the goddamn potatoes and corn, if they want daylight saving time, they can have it. Me, living in Center City, Philadelphia, I, I don't need to farm any crops. The idea, yeah, the idea of daylight saving time to me just makes absolutely no sense. So why, why do we have it? Uh, I don't know. It's a dumbest thing. I'm totally out on daylight saving time. Now, you mind this. We were talking about this last week, but I'm a bit of a night owl, so at least around this time, I like it. Nope. It's terrible. It's terrible dark out. I hate it. I absolutely I, hate I like it. it. Even though you work at a job. You like it too, Brennan? I like, be, I like it being dark because I don't like the sunlight. It hurts my eyes. What is wrong with you guys? Are you guys fucking vampires? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Kind of. Is this whole podcast not like sunlight? <laughs> no, here's the thing. I love sunlight, but I tried convincing myself that... I'm a morning person, and my body 
is not a morning body, apparently. It's just I, ke- I can't be in denial of it anymore. I'm just a night owl. That's what it is. Yeah. I've tried fixing myself. I've tried becoming a morning person, and I just can't do it. Yeah, but there's like night in the summer. Yeah. There's night all around. Why do we need more yeah. night at points? I don't want more night. There should be equal parts night. There should be 12 hours of sun, 12 hours of night. Well, you work at a job that uh, at some points requires you to be there till like 3 o'clock in the morning. So how do you cope with that? What do you mean? Well, you're a bartender at night, right? Yeah. So sometimes you're there till like what, 2, 3 a.m.? Yeah. So how do you manage that? Well, it's fine. I'm in a building. Okay. So it doesn't really matter. So if it was an outdoor bar, you would hate it in that case. Well, no, it's not. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying like when I wake up at 10 a.m. Okay. And I have five hours of fucking sunlight. Like I can't do anything. Yeah, that would. I imagine that would be a pain in the ass at that point. Yeah. Right. That's the problem. Is like there's less time in my free time where it's light out for me to go do stuff. I'm not gonna do stuff at night. Like if it's dark at five, what am I gonna do? Gonna sit inside. Can't go out. Can't play. The sun starts going down at four. Yeah. Right. Exactly. What What is this bullshit? Like I need more daytime to do stuff outside. I don't care. It's going to be dark at 3 a.m. regardless of what time of year it is. Like, that doesn't bother me. What bothers me is when it's dark when it shouldn't be dark, which is during the day hours. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I used to really hate that. Now I don't mind it so much. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally out on it. I wish daylight savings would stop forever. I wish we would just keep it just how it is. Not even, like, the long days where it's always sunny out either. Like, I don't want it to be light out at 10. I think, like, Sun should go down at 8 p.m. every day of the year. Fair enough? Fair enough, yeah. Why is that so I, difficult? I can live with that. Why yeah. is that so difficult? <sighs> See, okay. I used to really hate, I mean, like, despise it when the sun went down super early. Because I was like, and I think it was like, goes back to my days as an actor. Because I was locked inside of a black box theater all day. So mm-hmm. I'm just surrounded by darkness to begin with. Then I come back out. I was like, oh, look, pitch black again. Yeah. So I guess that's how I turned into a vampire. I just, I just became the dark. It really, it really throws me off because I'm, I'm sitting here thinking like, oh shit, it's like ten o'clock, and I look at my phone, I'm like, oh, six forty-five. What? Right? It's crazy. It's, uh, I'm out on. I, you shouldn't have to guess, like second guess what time it is. It's just unnecessary at this point. It doesn't help anybody. But there are fun parts of November. So there's two big challenges that come with November. You've got no shave November, which is. The longer running one, more popular one. Are you guys doing No Shave November? Actually, yes. Right now, I am. Yeah, I'm doing it too. I always do it. I'm gonna grow out the beard a little bit. So, are you gonna do yeah, it for? Uh, are you gonna raise money for it, or are you just doing it for the fun of it? No, me. I just realized that I haven't shaved in a little bit. <laughs> so, well, yeah, there is the. I, I, I can't grow it out. Mine's too like thin. You could. You just won't grow it out. You got to fight through the like patchiness or whatever. It'll grow. It'll just take longer. Yeah. Yeah, it'll get there though. But um, <laughs> yeah, you can just let it go. What's the worst thing that happens? You just have some facial hair. Maybe it's patchy, but it's fine. Everyone should try and grow a beard for November, I think. But yeah, what you're talking about is Movember, which is it's awareness for I guess it's men's health, specifically like prostate uh, cancer or something. Like that's that. uh, that's generally what they try to label for. But for Movember itself, uh, it's meant they like to do men's health in general. So yeah. uh, mental health, physical health, uh, prostate cancer awareness, testicular yeah. cancer awareness, and research. 
See, I'm not doing the mustache. I'll donate. I donated back in college, but I'm not doing the mustache. I'll I'll go full beard though. See, you don't have to do the mustache though. Like even though they call it Movember Mustache Movember, at least that organization, mm-hmm. like you don't have to strictly go mustache. Well, no, I get that. That's why I'm like I'm donating. But that's the point is they want people to have mustaches to raise awareness. But no, nah, I'm I'm out on the mustache game. I don't look good with a mustache. It's not my thing. Do look good with a beard, so I'm gonna let it grow out a little bit, especially with the long hair. I'm excited to see what it looks like. Um, Kev can grow facial hair a little bit, right? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, I wonder if he's doing... Are you doing No Shave November or no? Uh, technically no, because I already shaved this month, but... Ridiculous. I've done it for so many years. Plus, I mean, I can still do, uh, Movember. Like, if I'm gonna do it, like, I want to actually do it to, like, raise money for cancer treatment and research. I don't want to do it, like, just to follow a trend. Like, I've done enough of that, but, like, Movember, I actually feel like I'm accomplishing something. I got you. Uh, Which I've done before. Do. Like people will people will donate a lot for. Like one year I raised two hundred dollars. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I think we raised like um our fraternity did it in college, so we raised a good amount of money through that too. It's a it's a great cause to do it for that. It's also fun to grow out a beard and have an excuse to like even if you work a desk job or whatever or in an environment where you have to be a little bit more clean cut than we do as like radio producers or podcast hosts or whatever. It gives you an excuse to be able to grow out your beard and see what it looks like. Look like a man's man for a little bit. There's another one that's not No Shave November. Mm-hmm. A little bit new. The guys here know what I'm talking about already. You guys doing No okay. Nut November? Are you guys doing it? I have a girlfriend, no. so no. <laughs> I think if you do No Nut November, you're a psychopath. I actually I have a theory. I don't think anyone does No Nut November. I don't think it's a thing. I think it's a funny social media thing. <laughs> I, I think it's like Tide Pods, where no one actually ever did it. Like, no one actually ever ate Tide Pods. Like, I don't think anyone is actually doing No Not November. Plus, I don't think it's possible. It's bad for your health to not do that. Is it? Yeah. Is it? I've heard that, actually, yeah. Like, how? Because, well, it goes back to the uh, Movember, like, like, prostate cancer. That's actually good for your prostate. So, if anything, you should do it for your own health. Right, but when do you learn to jerk off? Like, 13? Like... You, it's been building up for 13 years and you were fine. A month isn't going to kill you. I don't, I don't well, get why it would be bad for you. It's not going to kill you, but it's not going to help you. So like, if I don't you, get why it would be bad for you. But if you, if you don't use it, you'll lose it. So use it. Yeah, but they, like, it regenerates. It rebuilds like, uh, pretty quickly, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I'm not crazy. It regenerates quick. So what's the downside? I, I don't think that... I would say replenish. Replenish? <laughs> replenish, replenish sounds like... Uh, it's like a, a dessert or a drink or something, um, which, I, which I guess it could be. Throwing an arm. That's true. Yeah, but it's like, uh, yeah, I don't know what the proper proper term is for it. They're, they regrow. <laughs> no, that's not a good one either. One, one of those. You get, you get the, the idea. You get the idea. <laughs> but I don't, think it's, I don't think it's possible to go the entirety uh, – 30 days has September, April, June, and November. Yeah, 30 days. I have to do that to remember how many days are in months. But I don't think it's possible to go 30 days of the month of November without nutting. I think it's That's possible, exhausting. but you got to be like on your deathbed by the end. I don't think like priests go that long without, or like monks, ones who like give it up. I don't know. I don't think it's possible. I think monks, they got it, right? I don't know, but I feel like, yeah, they say that they're doing it. 
was but say, a monk gets alone in their lying. room and they're like, yo. <laughs> no one's checking. <laughs> yeah, right? God isn't actually watching. Like, there, you can't. It's ridiculous. What's the longest you guys think you could go? Four days. <laughs> Four days? <laughs> Probably. That's, that's a pretty good mark. Yeah, I think, I think I went, so I went on a vacation with family like this past year. I think I stayed at my grandma's house and I stayed in like bunk beds with my brother. So there was no sh- like shop or anything. I think we were there for like three days and I made it through that, but I was fucking pissed <laughs> off at the end of it. It's just, it can put you in a, like a really bad mood. I don't understand how like people willingly will put themselves through this for 30 days. Right? It doesn't make sense. Do you know anyone it's who's done it? Like it's, it's not like it's for a good cause. It's just a meme. No, yeah. It's Sound not a, insane. Yeah, it's not a good cause at all. Just like, I guess people want to show their mental fortitude and how long they can go or whatever, prove they can do it. But joke's on you, asshole. All you're doing is torturing yourself for no reason. It's wild. And you can't even, like, there's no way to prove it. You can't be like, yeah, I exactly, did it. Yeah, right? you can just say so you did it. Yeah. Wow. Some people, like, absolutely wouldn't believe it. Like, there, there's no shot, like, any of my friends would ever, I would ever believe that they went the whole month. Like, it's nuts that this is a trend, and... I see what you uh, did there. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. That was, a, I guess, a, a Freudian <laughs> slip. But that's one of the, uh, the ones that I honestly... Some internet trends, I'm like, yeah, I can see people out here doing this. There's internet challenges. There's proof where, you know, like, people are actually, like, doing that shit. I do not buy that this is possibly a thing because I haven't talked to anybody that can go more than like four or five days without losing their mind. It just, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to do that it. That does not make sense. No, there's no, no reason to. But if you're one of the absolute psychopaths out there doing No Not November, uh, best of luck from us, to, us here at the Jetro Podcast. Uh, we're pulling for you. Uh, I see what you did there. Even though you're not pulling for yourself. <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> but uh, but actually, I mean, if, you, uh, if you're doing it, Godspeed, because you're a goddamn maniac. And to most of our listeners out there. You blew it! By this point already, so. Yeah. Uh, I think well, it was who cares? Like, <laughs> you're doing it for your own health, so. What was November 1st? November 1st was on, what, a Thursday, I think, or some shit? It was on a Friday, I think. Friday? Yeah, I had gone out like that Thursday and had a couple drinks like after work. And probably saw a girl. It was like an hour in. I I I, <laughs> I didn't make it anywhere near close. So I no shot to make it through. But I will do the entirety in no shave November. So that's one you can at least uh, get away with if you've uh, already broken no not November. What a goddamn society we live in. Are <laughs> people? I'll I'll ask you, Brent, or even you, Nat, because you guys might know. Where did No Nut November come from? Do you guys have any clue? I think I don't know. I think it just it's came not from that old. I think it's only like a couple years old. I think it just came from people looking for an alternative to No Shave November because I guess people were saying, "Oh, there's too many people on that train at that point. Why don't we do like an actual challenge and like not jerk off for a month?" The internet's weird like that, man. Yeah, the internet is it a is. weird, weird, weird place. But and November's a weird, weird month. I mean, you've got no shave, no nut. You've got daylight saving. You've got Thanksgiving. Uh, something we'll talk about coming up, something you guys got to remind me of, and we'll get into this in a later episode. The greatest bar day of the year is in the month of November. It's the night before Thanksgiving, and I'll go into depth on this one because that's one of my – it's a top three day of the year for me. 
So we'll get into that. But we are over time right now. Again, good luck with No Nut November if you're doing it. No Shave November if you're doing it. If you're doing Movember, you want to donate, maybe we'll set something up through the Jetro podcast where we can donate on behalf of the podcast and get some of you guys to reach out with some donations. That's a great idea. Uh, and we'll continue to follow Philadelphia sports as we go through a couple great seasons. The birds are starting to look up again. Sixers are looking great. Flyers have won a couple in a row. It's... A hell of a time of year to be a podcast host. There's a lot of stuff going on, and we're going to be here to bring you guys through all of it. Again, listen to us 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Shout out to Yellow Jacket Media one more time for uh, allowing us to be syndicated with them. And you can also hear us anywhere you normally hear this podcast. So we will talk to you same time next week, and you guys take it easy.